everybody, what's going on? Rob Sosuno back here for another week of the Tar Pit here as we catch up with everything we missed on our Amazing Race recap for Season 32, Episode number 4. And we've got a great panel and a great guest to talk about the fourth week of uh, this leg of the Amazing Race, of course. First, our Chief Amazing Race correspondent is here with us, Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? I'm great, Rob. Um, it was it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about the episode of The Amazing Race that we watched six years ago. And um, a lot has happened since then. I've we've got to keep my memory fresh because I feel like everything got a lot better for some yeah. reason. The episode was only filmed two years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Wow. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, yes, Rob. Yes, So amazing. So uh, good to have you back here with us, Jess. Uh, of course, uh, back with us, a man that we uh, did our Star Wars brand steal with the other day since our last Amazing Race recap. Give it up for Mike Bloom. Yeah, as opposed to country hopping, we went planet hopping with a very fun podcast with you and me and Josh Wiggler. I highly encourage people to check that out. It might be one of our better ones, but I'm going to disagree with Jess a little bit. I don't think time is a flat circle. I believe time is a spherical object that you stack 385 of which in a pyramid <laughs> yes. that occasionally falls time down. Time is a watermelon pyramid. I, I like think that's the best the way math. to describe it. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, I actually just got added on Twitter for giving the exact number. Oh, so it's very fortuitous yeah. timing. Thank okay. you, Matt. Because I had my husband, my husband did the math for me. Yes. I, and he knew the equation off the top of his head. And I'm like, who even are you? What was the number? 385. 385 watermelons it takes for a watermelon pyramid. It's almost a watermelon a day. Okay. All right. And yeah. then we are very lucky here today to have with us one of the winners of the Amazing Race 29 back with us, Scott Flannery. Scott, how are you? Hey, so good to be here. This is my favorite podcast. Don't tell anyone. Okay. All right. Well, Scott, <laughs> your secret is safe with us. The three of us, that is. Yes. Well, I'm just glad that none of those uh, uh, watermelons hit anyone in the face this season. <laughs> yes. Very fortunate. Uh, Scott, how are you doing? I've been really good. You know, uh, I, just like everyone else trying to get through everything that's happening in the world, but just watching the amazing race is like sitting in a comfy chair in a library, just finally back to a little bit of norm. So super excited to talk about the race today. Okay. I'm, I'm always curious about this because I asked Corey this a couple weeks ago when, when he was on as well. When you're a former contestant, especially one who did as well as yourself, and there are seasons that obviously come after you, like, are you keen to sit down and watch again? Did you take a hiatus from the amazing race after you won your season? I'm extremely jealous <laughs> every time I watch an episode of the amazing race. Uh, but I always think about the behind the scenes fun stuff. Like, ooh, who do they have? Which camera crew do they have this episode? Or, you know, what what taxi shenanigans did they have that we didn't get to see as viewers? So I see it uh, knowing what's behind the curtain. So it's a little bit more interesting, mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, but I'm never going to give it up. I love the show too much. Yeah. Scott, just to uh, follow up on Mike's question, uh, when uh, Mike and just got to talk with Corey, he talked about uh, race nightmares uh, that would happen. As a winner of The Amazing Race, do you have race nightmares and flashbacks uh, when you watch the episodes? Because, or, or, or because of somebody who won, yeah, it all worked out. 
Yeah. I, well, gosh, I, I'm so glad I'm a winner and I can say, yes, everything worked out the way it should. But there were definitely many, many times we were at risk of elimination. So uh, I do have nightmares about if one thing went wrong, there were at least three times I was about to get the boot. Mm-hmm. So uh, when, I, when I'm watching these, uh, mostly edited, but these last two teams running to the finish line every episode, I'm like, ooh, I feel you. I was there many times. Yeah. I, and so, yeah, there's... Yeah. You also dealt with very haunting circumstances like delivering fireworks to trolls. And I can imagine that's an image that just sticks <laughs> with you for nights upon nights. Yes. Over and over again, those beautiful uh, trolls with those long noses and that had the orange makeup, I think it was. <laughs> Stars of the nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everything comes full circle. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Scott, great to have you back here with us uh, to talk about Amazing Race uh, Season 32. Have you had any thoughts on the season so far? Are you enjoying this season? Yeah, you know, I uh, I always like to think of things uh, maybe a little bit differently than the casual viewer. I'm like, why did CBS hold this for two years? And so I thought it might not be a good season, but I'm so glad that I'm wrong because I think it is a good season in terms of uh, the cast. I think the cast is largely very entertaining. Even couples I wouldn't normally find attractive in the sense of contestants on Amazing Race. I'm really, really taken uh, by how... Uh, emotionally invested I am in so many of them. But I will say my one uh, thing that I have to pick a, uh, pick on The Amazing Race is they're really recycling challenges and a format that they know works for them this season. It's almost as if the, the route was thrown together and they just pulled and grabbed from challenges that they know worked from other seasons to, mm. to throw it on a map. Greatest so, hits? Uh, uh, <laughs> No, I can't say it's the greatest hits. But you know what? I do like the team dynamic, and that's the main reason I watch, so I'm on board. Yeah, so it's not exactly the new stuff, and it's not exactly the old hits. It's more so like, here's the B-side from our second album, and we're bringing this back, because it's Stack <laughs> of Watermelons. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. Okay. All right. Jess, uh, where do we want to start uh, this week on the Tar Pits? Uh, questions from the listeners? Yeah, I think we're going to start with some listener feedback because we've got some really fun questions. We put it to our patrons on Facebook and we also put it to Twitter and we have many really interesting things. And I want to start off with something a little bit more lighthearted. And since we're already talking about Amazing Race in history, I'm going to go to the great Ariel Glassman, who says, D'Angelo mentioned that building Ikea furniture was his thing. In fact, the thing he is most famous for. In season six, they went to the flagship Ikea store in Stockholm, Sweden and had a build it challenge. He would have either nailed it or it could have been his five hole. Based on what the teams have told us are their strengths, what do we think the five hole tasks would be for each of the other teams? Oh, okay. Okay. Scott, are you familiar with our concept of the five hole? I'm not. Explain it to me real quick. <laughs> Uh, the, well, this is a, it's yes. an Amazing Race Canada reference. So uh, we're I'm getting a little bit. internationals. Yeah. But the concept Get applies it. to all the uh, yeah, iterations of the Amazing Race. The origin of the five hole is um, in season two of Amazing Race Canada, there was a team of um, Olympic gold medalist uh, hockey players. And they were in Winnipeg and they had a hockey challenge, which is the most Canadian thing ever. And they said, <laughs> oh, great. We're going to do this half of the hockey detour because obviously we are hockey players. That's our thing. And Mm -hmm. you had to score different types of goals. And the last one was the hardest shot to make, which was the five hole. Mm -hmm. And one of the Olympic gold medalist hockey players sat there for 
I think two hours trying to get the puck in the five hole. And so a five hole is then it is a challenge that directly correlates to something that you do for a living or are famous for that you then completely screw up. (laughs) That is an amazing reference. I, uh, now that I understand, I feel like the amazing race editors will always show the five hole. Of every yes. team, yes, they're yeah. they're just praying for a five hole every season, they right? Well, it's, 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 I mean, we saw sort of like the whole five with Will and James, right? Yeah. Of like when it's something that you have practiced, not that you're learned in, but like you practice adamantly beforehand and it pays off. They're they're wanting to show that, but when it's quite the opposite, they will double down on that. So, so to get into the question, for some reason, the first thing I thought of was actually what was talked about last week with Iswar and Aparna. Because they're like, we're engineers. We should be good at building this hut, only to realize that it wasn't the case. Yeah. Maybe they should get they should get a task in which like they do computer engineering somehow. I don't know how low <laughs> yeah. Amazing Race would go to put in a computer engineering task into one of their races, but you know, go for it. Yeah. For sure. Iswar and Aparna, though, the, you know, almost all of these tasks involve putting something together. And I feel like that they have a confessional for every single one. Well, as engineers, we're used to putting things together, so this should be very straightforward for us. I, who is feeding them that line? I mean, I know when you go through casting, you kind of know what your thing is, but software engineers, correct me if I'm wrong, I work at a tech company now, they sit behind a computer. Mm-hmm. They don't physically put things together. So why is this team saying, well, as software engineers, we know how to do literally everything with our hands. That's a false statement. Yeah. Do you think a producer is like, well, it says here you're engineers. Engineers build stuff. So, so yeah, I can imagine now they're like, all right, uh, next, next week you're going to uh, be, you know, driving a train. You know what to say. You're the engineers here. <laughs> put on your big hats. Let's go to work. Choo choo. <laughs> if there yeah. if there is a task that could be the most Eastwar and Aparna focus, uh, I'm reminded of there was a task in the finale of season 16 where they did like the virtual walkthrough. I don't know if you guys remember that, oh, where like yeah, they yeah. had to like walk through an, a green screen room. That feels like probably the most up Eastwar and Aparna <laughs> Silicon Alley, but that's a very small alley. Mm-hmm. I mean, could we give them the flight simulator in another? Uh, oh yeah. Finale? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that. Yeah. Also, uh, last season, did they have to do like the virtual reality scaling? Oh yeah, the, the virtual, yes. virtual reality. <laughs> oh, yeah, were they like, who's? I didn't want to remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but knowing Eastward and Apartment, it would be like, oh no, we're gonna debug this. Like, it's, it's not yeah. just anything. We're gonna computer. hack it, like the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> that oh, would be a roadblock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a good five hole. I think I want to see Will and James five hole some Amazing Race trivia. Oh, mm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, like, if, mm-hmm. it's, if it's a memory task, but it's not about the season, it's about seasons from Amazing Race past. Right, right. Mm. They have to, and you know, we've been going back to the greatest hits, so it's something we could certainly see. Yeah, Scott, well, what would be your five hole task? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I kind of just grinned at, at Jess's comment because I get a lot of Will and James comparisons, not because we're all gay, but because, uh, I mean, I was the strategic mastermind of my season. So mm-hmm. they're, they are definitely being shown as, as that for theirs. Um, but I feel like I was the Amazing Race historian of my season as well. So I don't know if, if now I'm a stereotype and they go, oh, they'll be the Scott of the season. That would Ooh. be so flattering. 
Um, mm-hmm. But so I think I think mine would be uh, Amazing Race uh, history. Although I got a lot of flack when I didn't recognize immediately Ernie and Cindy, but yes. I did. I just didn't us, say I it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. So I'm wondering if they're the same though, because neither of them said, "Oh, this is a switchback," until they were prompted uh, to talk about the bottles. So that would be that would be an interesting fivefold. Then was like, who is this? By the way, just to go back to the um, Will and James practicing for the task. So I was watching the episode again. Uh, and Scott is Scott is waving his hand. Oh, that, uh, oh boy. Are you calling? Are you feeling like there's shenanigans on on this? There are shenanigans. There are shenanigans. I'm like, first of all, uh, if this is a winner's edit, I don't know what is. Why are you showing us footage that's not even from the race? Okay, number one. Number two, who took this footage? That's what I want to know. I either want, there's two, I came up with two today because I knew I was going to talk to you. Number one, they took it themselves when they literally were super fans and they like green teamed it and said, you know what, we're just just in case we're ever on it, we're going to have all this footage Mm -hmm. to show the producers for our audition video. So that's one. But I think it's number two. Producers were like, you know, we need like some B-roll. So let's, they, we already know they did the challenges. Just ask them to like film it because they just conveniently had the episode on their TV as well. What's mm-hmm. happening? Because I especially was like focused in on that because we talked about like, uh, oh, no, they probably had the camera on a tripod and it was just filming them and they were going to maybe watch their form back. No, no tripod. <laughs> no tripod. There, was there movement that shot on the is camera? moving. Like, it, oh my uh-huh. god! It moves, baby. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Tracking shot. <laughs> I mean, were they also not in purple clothes? Just real talk. Mm. So that means it was filmed after. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. There you go. I don't know. They definitely crew in. Like, we're gonna come into your home while we're <laughs> setting up those shots of you for the, you know, for the intro. We'll just also do some where you talked about, you know, you talked about doing this, so we want you to do it again. Well, so the right. weird thing is, because we'll get into the secret scenes later, there is a secret scene where Leo and Alana also practice this challenge. And this is really a sign of history being written by the winners, right? That we saw footage of James and Will being so successful mm-hmm. at it. Leo and Alana, mm-hmm. they, they didn't do badly. They ended up in third, but it's interesting yeah. that they had also practiced beforehand and it was nary mentioned on the show. So Scott, as an Amazing Race historian, did you practice any specific Amazing Race tasks before you went on the show? Because I know like survivors will like, oh, I'll be practice making fire and things like that. But are there so many common amazing race tasks that you would have the presence to practice any of them no i didn't practice anything the only thing i practiced was running with weight on me um Mm -hmm. but because i knew i'd have a bag but i i just knew because it's so cyclical the types of challenges putting things together dancing sometimes weights i mean it's you don't know what's going to come your way so why try to like shoot the cannon and actually pick the task i'm going to get i just felt confident in anything well i think the preparation must have been different though because other people including will and james can be like okay let's practice this together you're in this unique situation where you were doing it by yourself because you Mm -hmm. didn't know who you'd be partnered up with thank you yeah that's also true i had no idea at all was gonna i didn't even know my team color i knew nothing (laughs) so it was different i'm i'm just intrigued too while uh, so now we know two teams practice this task uh why this one there's hundreds of challenges. How do they all pick bottle on head? 
Was this a Great British Bake Off scenario where they gave them a brief beforehand? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, when Will and James, this was explained in another secret scene. They just happen to be watching season twenty because they are big Brenchel fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they basically say we need Rachel Riley on our TV at all times because she is a hot mess. Uh, so I guess maybe they just happen to like go back to maybe some of their favorite seasons before mm-hmm. and i'm not sure the leo and alana stuff because something tells me i don't know may, I, I do not take leo and alana as parental types of people maybe that's just a supposition on my part i mean did we wear green <laughs> well yeah and did we talk uh last time that uh rachel and i went to high school together and we're friends Fun what? Fact. no no i don't so okay so there you go you yeah. went to the same high school or you were in the same graduating class as rachel riley no, I'm slightly older than her. Northwest Cabarrus High School in Concord, North Carolina, which is hilarious because it's in her Wikipedia. So you can cross-reference that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we were we were friends, not like super closest of friends, but I knew exactly who she was. And, and she remembered me when, when I met her at a Big Brother finale before I was on the race. Uh, and then I, it's just hilarious that, you know, we were in the same circles. And she was not at... Uh, the same personality back then. I'll just say that that has Ooh. come over time. Ooh. Yes. Okay. We, no, she I, I she was more mean of like a wallflower in your yeah. yeah yeah. It was and and I don't mean that in a negative way. She's oh. just not as loud and and mm-hmm. and vocal. Um, I like her both ways. Yeah. I very much like her on my TV too. So I get it. Yes. Did Alyssa also go to that same high school? I'm guessing she must have. I didn't know her. She was way younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I was a senior, I think uh, Rachel was a sophomore. So Okay. Um, just to circle back on the five-hole stuff, uh, it would be great to see uh, Riley and Madison fail in some sort of beach volleyball game. Uh, or, like, or like incredible. there was a deep where I remember actually in season 20 or there was something where they did like the beard grooming, right? Where they oh, had to like style yeah. a guy's <laughs> beard. <laughs> I, think, I think that would be like very much, you know, a five whole thing. Of course, uh, with Michelle, it's got to be like talking to a celebrity uh, or <laughs> <That's her thing. laughs> having talking points with a famous person. already five hold that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and Gary and D'Angelo, I mean, I feel like that they were a l- somewhat five holing it on. They, they seem to have some issues with like uh, catching the watermelons back and forth. It seemed like that that seemed, you know, uh, very sort of like uh, akin to the football. Uh, but it seemed like that they had some trouble. Exactly. I knew that was being that was definitely being teed up right when they said, oh, and we tossed or one of them said, I don't catch. (laughs) I forget which one said that. I go, how? Well, Daniel's a a running back, so he's more so used to like having the watermelon handed to him Mm -hmm. and then he just runs with the watermelon as opposed to Gary, who's definitely more about like running routes and then receiving watermelons. Yeah, Uh, this is why I need you, Mike. I don't get sports references (laughs) or positions. So that's that's why we have Mike. Yeah, that's why I'm the sports sports guy on this this panel. (laughs) (laughs) What about Hung and Chi? I think we haven't discussed that. I mean, I I feel like anything parental. I was going to say all these things children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When is there going to be a task that's like, watch this child? <laughs> yeah. Or it, it could be, well, it could be like that high school uh, project of like, here's your, your baby gnome for the leg. You have to if, just don't jostle it. And like, whoever has, you know, the, the best response from the baby gets an extra $100,000. Mm. And don't forget, 
Chi also ate five pounds of pizza in 60 minutes. <laughs> that's true. Point. I think that might be his five hole is like <laughs> the, the six pounds of caviar task. I, for, I forgot about that because now we talked on the recap about how mild mannered she is. Like, it makes sense. He has the mind of a Joey Chestnut slash Eater X, right? Like, he's <laughs> so zen. This is the type of guy that would eat five pounds of pizza and not blink an eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> do you think he would eat all that meat from Rob's season? Mm-hmm. Or do you think he'd wait it out? I think he'd eat the meat. I think he would too. Yeah. And I think they didn't they scramble an ostrich egg one time. I think mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he can handle that. Mm-hmm. And the Hungarian soup in my number one favorite episode of all time. Speaking so of season six. I guess the question is then, so if, if there is uh, an, an eating task and we see Chi do it, are we going to get footage that they filmed after the fact of Chi just like <laughs> shoveling pizza down his bone? <laughs> I, I demand more footage. I just do. I, I can't stand by with this. What is this Jerry Springer like inserted film archive moment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, more found footage uh, requested for future seasons of The Amazing Race. <laughs> yep, I, I'm loving it. Okay. I'm going to go with, oh, here's a game design question. And you know how I love to be a geek about game design. Um, from Rich, we have, do you think there would be value in putting the yield pretty much at the beginning of the leg? There could be two options. You could put it at the airport, so there's a foot race to the yield, and if you hadn't gotten a taxi yet, you get yielded, you have to wait. Or place it at the end of the taxi ride, and teams have to wait before starting the first challenge. It would basically mean the yield becomes the equivalent of the head starts that contestants get in the big sweep on Supermarket Sweep. Oh, okay. I mean, with that Supermarket Sweep reference. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Scott, what is your opinion of uh, the yield being back first before we explore the yield placement? Oh, my. You know, when they said the yield is back, I went, oh, God, even I forgot what that was. Uh, I knew it was waiting a certain amount of time, but I forgot how it worked. Um, I, I mean, good on them for injecting something that we haven't seen in over 12 seasons, I believe. Um, and And perhaps it will actually play. I don't know. Um, the one thing I actually noticed, I don't know if you all have discussed this, is the U-turn is back where it normally is mm-hmm. during our season. It was, it was before the challenge, and now it's after the, the first detour um, where it normally sits. Uh, so if I, I can answer just directly, I think what would be really funny is if the yield was right before the mat. So you could yield someone as they're running to fill. And that would be very dramatic. And it would uh, bring us back to that moment when they had the um, head, head-to-head challenges right before the mat anyway. Mm. Um, so that would be... As a viewer, I would oh love to God. see that. As a player, I would hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very similar, uh, not to bring it back to Amazing Race Canada yet again, but whenever they have to take a penalty and sit out the penalty at the mat, and they're sitting there waiting for other teams to show up and hoping that they run out their penalty before the teams get there. You no, know, mm-hmm. if it was right before the mat, would Phil have to stop them and be like, hold on, you can't come close yet. Go over there, <laughs> stand there for 10 minutes, and then you can come see me. Anything that involves more Phil is a yeah. yes for it's me. Almost like a, it's almost like undergoing like a decontamination or like a depressurization when you go in a submarine <laughs> or something. Like, sit out the mandatory waiting period, and then you can come see me. Right. I don't know if the, the, the casual viewer would love that, though, because a lot of people already hate the U-turn. They're like, just let people run their race. <laughs> I, I think they forget it's a game, but all right. I think it'd be really funny. Again, put it right in front of the mat and then talk about some injected drama 100% all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, there's no way to sort of like uh, overcome it if the, it was there, but it would be great to watch people just have like meltdowns. <laughs> to answer Rich's <laughs> question, though, for. you can't put anything at the airport. 
like whether you're the amazing race or just a person yeah don't put something up at the tarmac yeah at the you're right mike because they they really like the, a big thing at the airport is hey if you see something unattended yeah. tell somebody <laughs> exactly if you see somebody put down an object and walk away from it do alert security immediately so amazing race can't put a yield a yield sign and then walk away well, if I I can't believe I'm doing this again, but there was an international edition of Amazing Race that did have a task in the airport where you had to find your clue and it would knock time off of the t- next task that you had mm-hmm. to do. And I think they were in South Africa or Namibia, and I want to say it might have been Amazing Race Norway. And like the three deep nerds who are deeper into this than I am will get on Twitter and correct me immediately. But yeah. That's what they did. There was something like that where they landed in the airport and then had to find a task um, in the actual airport. So I love I, that. Yeah, I would love it. I think, I think maybe the international relations aspect of that would really. I don't think the U.S. Amazing Race has that much goodwill anymore. I don't know if they would be allowed to do that, but it worked for Norway. I think that's so interesting because yeah, all I have this image of is like in you know the uh, clue box set up like in that loading unloading zone and just like a tsa agent just like kicking it over or like somebody stealing it and running away with it <laughs> well i by game design uh, i don't know if fans know this but uh the final episode we don't know where we're going um we know we're going to the final location of like chicago in my instance but you have to find a woman in a red hat mm-hmm. to get your actual first clue of the leg which is the only time that happens. All previous legs, you know where you're going in the country when you land. So if they, I don't think they ever show the woman in the red hat, which is always the thing. So it'd be interesting if they made that a is thing. And then the woman is like walking around. Yeah, exactly. She's like walking around in baggage <laughs> claim. You don't know where she is. Yeah, that's that interesting. Actually, if you made the clue a person, I think that makes it a lot, a, a bit of a better idea. Like someone dressed in red and yellow, just sort of like walking around as the human clue. <laughs> and then they have to tell you where to go. Well, now I'm just pic- picturing them wearing like, I, like a poncho that's made out of a giant amazing race flag. <laughs> or like a like a trench coat and they pull it open like i got some clues here grab a clue from me <laughs> that would not look awkward at all yeah, exactly again this we're now we're getting back to the tsa issue yeah it's problematic clue, clue man has been detained we abort clue man he's he's under arrest right now <laughs> oh my god it's amazing all but right we talk about, oh if i can no, just no. say real quick can we bring yeah, back the intersection that's my request the intersection, the intersection. do you all yeah. remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah. So that's the one for people who might not remember that is where teams are forced to work with another team for whatever it sometimes it might be the rest of the leg sometimes it might be for like a detour or a roadblock uh but yeah it's, it's led to some drama it has led to some eliminations of teams in the past because they had to basically wait for the next team to come but I mean, it's essentially another version of that partner swap they did back in the, the season after mm-hmm. your Scott, where it's like, hey, let's have teams now mix and match and work together, which given the drama that is inherent with this season, I wouldn't be mad at an intersection, actually, especially if it's a Will and James Leon Alana intersection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think the partner swap was was weak and very not defined well for Amazing Race because there's absolutely no way anyone would have been eliminated that episode. It doesn't make logical sense. You can't mm-hmm. eliminate an unmixed team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was almost like, why are we doing this? At least with the intersection, there's there's some strategy involved, there's some drama involved, and there is actual risk involved. Yeah, it's interesting, though. I think 
the intersection is kind of one of those prime examples of a good idea for a twist in the amazing race that they that they deployed so time that it was just uh that it just kind of ruined the concept Mm. i can get behind that yeah i think i think that also comes down to timing again sometimes it lasts like the duration of the leg sometimes it was like oh just for the roadblock the teams are intersected so i think it really depends much like rich talked about with the yield here as to like when you use it and how long you use it i'm glad i agree with you scott that they're like I'm not necessarily mad at the yield being brought back because it's been a a nothing burger so far, but I'm glad they're at least experimenting with like, let's not create a new uh, road hazard based task to do for this season. We can go back to the well and maybe tweak some stuff that existed beforehand if need be. Yeah, Yeah, we're running out of signs anyway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm still salty at the intersection for being one of the terrible twists in that leg that eliminated Team Guido. Yeah, that was tough. Oh, yeah. 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 But Scott, it's interesting. I, I just thought of something. Um, you could do a partner swap in your season. And we just thought eliminate they would. whatever team got mixed up. A hundred percent. We were on pins and needles yeah, every surprised. episode because we thought they were going to do a partner twist because they literally did not know who we would have picked at the start line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we were just all of us were super stressed out, and that's why when it came forth in the season after us, we were like. We all texted each other on the group. What the? What maybe, is happening? Maybe you inspired it. You know, it's like, oh, right. We're thinking about this. That's a good idea. We should do it next time. Uh, maybe. I mean, I I am still uh, promoting uh, season twenty nine part two. I really think they should go for strangers again. I thought that was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really fun concept, and it actually worked. I I think mm-hmm. it's. Um, I sometimes I try not to say the comments like I'm about to because it was my season, but I feel like it was one of the best seasons of all time because there was just so much goodness that came from these unexpected pairs, um, whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. There's a lot of strategy, a lot of great gameplay, a lot of great cities that were chosen by the producers. So it's just a lot of good. And I felt like the dynamic of the partnerships was so much stronger because casting had to pick 22 really strong personalities rather than I, I think it was said on this podcast there mm-hmm. might be one person in the couple that's pretty strong and the other one's kind of a we just yeah. need you to be a couple yeah exactly mm-hmm. I th- and i think the show has, has done better in recent seasons of making sure that both members of the pair are dynamic but i think yeah it's it's essentially it's all alphas uh there's no real beta and that was that's what leads to more natural drama right that's like the whole uh liz and michael stuff that existed from mm-hmm. years, or even like a beck and floyd who are both alphas but get along in their own way it was it was a really cool thing and i agree with you i'm surprised i mean that being said uh looks like we are in an extended hiatus for amazing race so maybe it'll give them enough time to to circle back to the idea eventually and maybe That'll be if the restarted season 33 or maybe even season 34 might be Strangers 2. I wouldn't mind seeing it again, but I think it really was. They really got some lightning in a bottle with your cast, Scott. I feel like they would have to be that good again. And casting is great on Amazing Race, but it could go very, very badly, too. It could. I won't say anymore. I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) You've said enough already. (laughs) <laughs> okay so i've got another question here um soy gonzalo had a great question if you could have the teams build something out of trash for a task what would it be i think a life-size statue of phil would be pretty funny okay let's explore this a little bit so mm-hmm. there's a pile of trash and we want the teams to build something and they're gonna have to build a phil sculpture 
Yeah, I, well, that's that's Soy Gonzalez's idea, mm-hmm. but we could spitball some other things. Yeah, I like that. If only if they have to lug the statue for the rest of it, and then like, because I, I need to see <laughs> Phil's reaction to the statue. I think that's what's going to be yeah. a yeah. task. You know what? Why don't we save that task for Tough as Nails? I feel like that that feels a little <laughs> bit more on brand of construct a Phil statue from the at the trash heap. And I feel like I mean, Phil is going to be in a different headspace for that, too. Yeah. Roofer Lee is already he loves hanging out at the junkyard. He'll find exactly. all the stuff. Yeah, make it out, make it out of like break down a car and then use it to build a statue of Phil. It rides mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. Wow. He's welding involved for limit. <laughs> I'm glad at least in this trash challenge, which is a recycled challenge, no pun intended, from season 29 when we built gym materials in Brazil and uh, at least this time we saw the actual item being used, which gave me all the feels because those kids were cute. Um, mm. But at least even if they're going to recycle the challenge, at least it's uh, localized. And so right. we see that, that the gyms in Brazil and now the, the instruments um, really are something that the populace um, participates in. Hmm. I, I think anything we suggest for this answer, um, I, it, just wherever we are in the world, what do they actually re- upcycle things for? Maybe that's too much, not an entertaining answer, but that's what would fit in the in the world of Amazing Race. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's perfectly valid. I think the danger is when you start recycling tasks that have no actual connection to the area that they're in, which has happened before and did annoy me a great deal. Well, so what I would what I would suggest is maybe not like building something. How about making an outfit? out of trash mm. that you have to wear for the rest of the leg, much like, you know, we saw the teams in the clown costumes a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. So you want to do that on project runway. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like let's like yes. bring out your fat pills. That could be somebody's five hole. Yeah. You know, that, that could be, that was probably like London's five hole from your season, Scott. It's oh like yeah. Being able to mm-hmm. Craft yeah. something and be, and be able to make it passable to a judge. Mike, do you feel like that this might be, be better for like a speed bump? Like, uh, should Kaylin and Haley's speed bump be, okay, here's a pile of trash. Now make a garment of clothing and you have to wear it for the rest of the ra- of the yeah, leg really- or the race. It's really denigrating, right? To be like, yeah. you came in last in the last leg. So Who really- wants to see my trash atard? Yeah, exactly. That's what it really is. It's like a punishment. You know what? They really should have uh, gotten rid of like, screw March for Elimination, screw begging for money. It feels like, all right, you have to wear these for the next leg in, in exchange for coming in last place. Scarlet it's like, letter. Yeah, exactly. Cone of shame. Yeah, exactly. You have to wear big dog cones the entire time. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Wow. CBS I, needs I, to call us. <laughs> I'm just thinking I, I really love uh, the philanthropic angle that the race has taken in recent seasons with um, even the market challenge this season. We're going to actually cook for you and you get a meal um, for hosting our the villagers for hosting us as an American TV show. I'm pretty sure they didn't use the um, the roof that some of them made um, with a bronze <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure that was staged, but I, I like this idea that we're getting back to, okay, we're kind of disrupting these people's lives, having these Americans run through. Let's at least give back. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do as well. And I think they've, over the years, they've gotten a lot better at really thinking about the impact they have on the areas they're going to, like, especially when they stopped doing the thing where if you came in last in a non-elimination leg, you had to go beg people in developing country for money so you could get out of there. Mm-hmm. That was they, great luck. Not a great look. No, 
that was like the trash shirt of Amazing yeah, Race. Yeah, say, imagine but. if you had to do that while wearing a dunce cap at the same time, or like an I'm with stupid shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I do like the idea of branding someone with the Scarlet Letter if they came in last. I mm-hmm. it's it's brilliant. Like you have to wear. I mean, maybe it's a little too Big Brother. Like you have to wear the giant shiny star costume or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then we maybe we can consolidate our our options here, and instead of begging for money, you still get the leg money. But we're taking your possessions. You only have the clothes on your back oh. because I thought that was a great twist. Um, that is terrifying. Imagine actually racing around the world, and you literally get everything taken from you. That puts you in a whole different headspace. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's essentially what Hug and Chi are doing this season, considering how lightly they pack. They essentially only have the clothes on their backs. Yeah. Well, right. they get their stuff taken away, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever. It wasn't that much stuff. We don't care." Yeah. Like, good luck with our. <laughs> Two, three toothpicks that are still left in that now bag. Now we're more streamlined. <laughs> yeah, we can move faster. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's do one more question here and then we can move on to our secret scenes. But uh, Nick Fishman said, what would be another super difficult double switchback from Amazing Race history? And I think, Scott, with you here as the resident historian of your season, you've got to have some good ideas here. Oh, gosh. Tossing to me. No pressure. Um, well, I know, I know. Here I am thinking about the switchbacks that we had that were not called switchbacks in our season, no, which was very they're strange. they're just called pretend you don't notice that they've been there before. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. Some of these challenges are super classic, and I go back to the shrimp bicycles, which I know is in my mm-hmm. season, but we, we had them with Flo and Zach as well in season two or three. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I love something that will make contestants break down. Um, I don't know. I'm going to continue thinking. Do any of you have one that you want to offer up? Uh, I'm trying to think. I feel like one could be... um, I mean, you you go back to like the caviar. Like, I feel like Amazing Race 5 was a season where they had people eat things in a large variety. It feels like we don't really get like a large quantity anymore. And so maybe it's it's sort of time... Yeah, so exactly. So maybe it's time to sort of go back to that. One that I always remember is actually from Amazing Race 18, the one with what Zeb and Justin did, where they had to eat a bunch of fondue while going around in a Ferris wheel. And if they didn't finish by the time the Ferris wheel came back, they had to do it again. You're conflating two challenges, Mike. But yes, the one where they had to eat a bunch of food, that was was in V, because I've been to the Ferris wheel, and they had to eat like a whole meal while they were on it. And then the fondue one was later on, I think. Okay. And, well, anything about yeah. eating it within within like a certain time. I, I like that one too. That's always a favorite. Um, I would say I was thinking about the the detour from season fifteen that eliminated the poker players. Where oh, it was the, the golf, right? Yeah, they had the golf, and then they had the one where you had to like win the strongman thing at the carnival, and they couldn't mm-hmm. do either one of them. That's you're just really signing everyone up for a terrible episode. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's hating much. right now. I mean, well, isn't that the point? <laughs> yes, yes. And but what if we did a whole season of all the challenges that someone had issue with? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ghost Island, water slide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you could you could go around the world doing just those. Well, I think what you could do then is if they go to the Caribbean, do a detour of those two sand-based roadblocks that like three teams quit. <laughs> oh my god! One. Yeah, I mean, like one was like season twenty-two with the sand castles. The other one was like I think like finding a treasure chest uh, yep. in the middle of like the dark jungle. <laughs> is that the TMZ girls when they got out in the first episode? No, I think that that was um, it was the the Miami Realtors. I think. Yeah, that was the like was that the three-way sprint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Anything no, with sand? No, yeah, I think my uh, the the TMZ people was like they did the the slide puzzle, puzzle in yeah. in Brazil. I think mm-hmm. you're right, and I'm thinking beach. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, there. I think it's pretty much the new recipe is we're, uh, on leg one, you go to the beach and then it just gets harder from there. Is like, there any uh, particular reason why you think they would like to do leg one at a beach? Is it that they start the race at night and then it uh, sets up for like a, a day of filming for the second day of the race? It's honestly, it's simple geography. Like if you, we can start them off easy with something that is, you know, we could get a, we can get a good deal on flights there because flights are going there all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of countries you can kick off a lot of new countries very easily because it's all right you know a lot of tiny islands i mean those are my guesses but i I think there's also a a survivor phenomenon to it of show these beautiful people in their underwear honestly yeah yeah Exciting <laughs> well, episode I, then, one. Why maybe that maybe that non-elimination twist might come back if they're really looking for ratings at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, didn't they do that one time? Like in the, one of the early seasons, they showed up on the mat looking very, very ridiculous. And yeah, and there was um, up- yeah, because there was because that that when that twist was in effect, you know that like Brian and Greg like yes. threw on a bunch of clothes, being like, "Well, if it's a non-elimination leg, then that means we get the clothes on our back." So they tried to like find a loophole of, well, if we're wearing three pairs of clothes. Then that mm-hmm. means we still get to wear them no matter what. Uh, I thought you meant running because I know another uh, task that maybe to bring back was wasn't there something when like in Russia when they had to go for a run in their underwear yep. in the middle of the cold? Yeah, well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Because I believe Phil also participated in that one. Mm-hmm, he did. <laughs> okay, that was only fair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Yeah, I, I have a lot of commentary that now that we have done a podcast with Phil, I really can't do anymore. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe in another, in another Moving way. on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back with more from the Tar Pits, getting into all of the social media from this week on The Amazing Race. But first, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at FitBod, makers of the FitBod app, which creates a personalized custom workout for you based on your needs and what muscles you want to train right from your phone. If you're new to the gym or if you've been lifting weights for years, sometimes it's hard to find the right workout program and stick to it. If you don't have a plan, it's like running the amazing race without a clue. It's overwhelming to go and look at all these weights and say, what what should I be doing today? Even with a trainer, it can be hard to know if you're pushing yourself too much or not hard enough. But with the FitBot app, you can get a truly personalized fitness program that adapts as you go. FitBot is a smart fitness app that takes all of the guesswork out of planning your workouts. FitBot's algorithm factors in your goals, your experience level, your equipment, workout duration, and muscle recovery to intelligently craft the perfect total body workout program just for you. I've been using the FitBot app now for the last week, and I love it. It's great. You Put in what muscle group you want to work out, and it gives you a different set of exercises to do based on do you have weights, resistance bands, if a lot of equipment that you have access to, if you have body weight exercises that you can do, you just enter in everything that you have. It spits out a workout. You don't like what it says. It'll give you different exercises. You punch in the weights and the reps that you did, and then it gives you the right workout to do on the next workout so you don't 
don't overwork a specific muscle group. I really enjoy this app because I'm always trying to Google what workout I'm going to try to do next. And it's perfect for coming up with this and taking all of the guesswork out. Plus, it has a timer because sometimes I get distracted with looking at Twitter and stuff like that. And when I hear the alarm goes off, then I know it's time for the next set. And you can try it out for one month when you sign up at fitbod.me slash R-H-A-P. Fitbod combines the knowledge of fitness pros with a powerful machine learning algorithm to give you a workout program that maximizes your results. If you don't have equipment, don't worry about it. Fitbod has bodyweight routines too for those looking to get fit at home or on the go. And Fitbod is super easy to use, has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze, and it integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava so you can track your workouts there too. Personalized training can be tough on a budget but FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 for a year and you can try one month of workouts absolutely free. Get a personalized fitness plan that helps you work out smarter at FitBot.me slash R-H-A-P. Try FitBot for free for one month when you sign up today at FitBot.me slash R-H-A-P. That's one month when you sign up at FitBot.me slash R-H-A-P. All right, let's get back to everything going on for social media on The Amazing Race on the Tar Pit. All right, let's take a look at some of the uh, secret scenes that have been uh, put out by CBS and the Amazing Race uh, for this week. Mike, do you want to set up this uh, first clip? Yeah, so let's let's actually stick on the note of Phil because we get some quality Phil Matt chat here. Uh, so this is a clip from Gary and D'Angelo's talk with Phil at the Matt. There's a couple of little excerpts uh, that that I want to sort of put on display here. So let's start with the first. This is the first like ten seconds of the clip. So this is the this is how Phil initially addresses the two of them when they get to the mat. I got a call from the ATF. Attention to fruit, which is. For fruit, fruit abuse. Yeah, we weren't yeah, a little frustrated. Around. Yeah, we're a little frustrated. Oh, attention to fruit. <laughs> that is the daddest joke. I'm not joke. ready for this. <laughs> And you really should have been because this was our entire summer, Rob. <laughs> but let's remember, this is the first thing he tells them. Like, like oh, I got a call from ATF. They're like, oh, my God, what do we do? He's like, no, you've abused too much produce in this in Paraguay. We're going to take you away. Also, why is it the ATF? Wouldn't it be the um, wouldn't it be like the USDA or? <laughs> well, I don't know. Does USDA's jurisdiction apply to international fruits? Well, it's it's a good point. I I think I think it would be the Paraguay equivalent of whatever the USDA mm-hmm. would be. Yeah, this is so great. The ATF. Wait, come on here again. Fruit, yeah, let's do it again. For fruit fruit abuse. Yeah, we were a little frustrated. Yeah, we were a little frustrated. <laughs> And uh, you could tell Rude. Phil's. We, we know Phil's inner monologue was like he was playing that line, and the minute he stumbled over, he's like, "Damn it! All right, keep going, <laughs> keep going, Phil. You could do this. Don't don't bash you can't this go back and, and get them again with it. Yeah, hold on, I gotta, gotta come back with this ATF burn. Yeah, set it up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think D'Angelo and Gary yeah. should have been penalized for fruit, for fruit abuse? <laughs> Five seconds per watermelon dropped. Exactly. Or it's just coming out of their leg money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Boy, uh, I love that. I love that. Uh, Scott, did Phil zing you with anything that didn't make the final cut of the show? Uh, you know, Phil um, did two things of note with me every episode. One, he <laughs> flirted, which I was always very Ooh, you know, okay. excited about. Um, I, I'm laughing because you, you said he just ran Nate or in his underwear in a episode once. And I'm like, we talked about his underwear on a uh, Matt chat one episode on my season we, i was bored and i asked him what he was wearing and he told me so there that was uh and then uh, <laughs> the second thing is he always said that logan and seth were like the muscle men of our cast and i was like i literally am strong by myself i don't i don't i, I don't physically show it i'm very annoyed with you and it wasn't until the finale when he goes and this was never shown but he goes um, okay i take it all back you are a very strong man i said thank you i don't know why i never got that around the world <laughs> i was very annoyed with it um but no he it's so funny because i can see what he's doing he he talks to us for what upwards of 30 minutes each and it's like he's throwing so much spaghetti at the wall that you know the only one line is gonna make or fruit or fruit at the wall so it's just funny to me he rehearsed in his head this one burn i'm like okay all right well. <laughs> atf attention to fruit so, so for this second one, so this is a bit of a two-parter that's going to be lumped into one clip. So first, because we got actually a couple of questions about like, okay, we've seen this task now twice with the watermelons. What is the best strategy? Phil has somehow hacked the challenge, which he's going to get into, but he will not escape from yet another dad joke that he's going to try to throw in here uh, to a very non-receptive audience. Okay. All right. Let's go back to uh, Phil on the mat with uh, D'Angelo and Gary. The small watermelons in the center, so the big ones push into the middle. That's the that's what oh, we, so we were all over the place. He got the clip. Oh, I was just <laughs> saying. <laughs> what, we, what the hell would you have when we were stacking I'm just saying. <laughs> I studied the watermelon stacking. Uh, yeah, I've never personally done it myself. You have survived this leg of the race after a very painful day. And in the end, it was it was a fruitful day, you would have to say. It was. It was okay. Did you get that? Uh, oh, sorry, myself. Oh, that's so funny pun. at this hour. It's too tired. It's just too it's tired. Not, it's not funny at all. God, I really tried for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. D'Angelo is not having it. <laughs> I love that so much. D'Angelo flat out says, it's not funny, Phil. Mm-hmm. Stop it. <laughs> D'Angelo is the worst audience member at an improv show possible because he'll be like, "All right, give me a word." He's like, "No, we're not doing <laughs> this. We're not doing like full on grumpy cat." Yeah, <laughs> and actually, D'Angelo William followed up with it on Twitter because the Amazing Race account posted this seed on their social media, and D'Angelo Williams quoted and said, "Hey, at Phil Kogan, even after two years, your joke isn't funny." Hashtag bad memories. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, he's doubling down. All right, <laughs> but I feel bad that Phil. Like whenever you have to explain the joke, it just digs a hole for yourself, worse and worse. Uh, and so when Phil had to got no response to the "this was a fruitful day," and then had to be like, "No, you understand what that means, right?" And they said no. And Gary's being polite. Gary's like, <laughs> oh, "No, I'm just really tired. You know, I had a long day." And Daniel says, "No, I don't. No matter how much sleep I got, it wouldn't be funny. I just want to let you know that, Phil." Yeah, and also just in case you were wondering if it had aged and become funny no still two years later it it is not funny and he also uses hashtag bad memories uh which is uh i feel like a weird hashtag 
Don't click on that. <laughs> oh, gee, Tyson, don't click on it. Oh, you clicked on it. I clicked on it. Hashtag bad memories. Not a lot this of people is, are using We're it. going back to Doom posting now. This is literal Doom posting and yeah, looking at people's bad memories. Doom scrolling through hashtag uh, bad memories. Somebody yeah, definitely saying, don't click that next year. Yeah, tequila. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, D'Angelo Williams there. <laughs> it's a bunch of people complain that D'Angelo is being like, oh, I hate when Phil made a stupid joke about fruit and then tried to report us to the authorities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, D'Angelo Williams, uh, not not having it, but uh, that was a great find, Mike. Yeah, that's, uh, it's some, Phil has some quality Matt chat, but I think, you know, D'Angelo Williams and Gary have proven themselves to be a fantastic source of comedy, and mm-hmm. I think nothing is funnier this season than just a very irate D'Angelo Williams, because mm. <laughs> he just is, is nothing of it, whether it's with Gary or with Phil. Okay. And his facial expressions are fully committed to whatever emotion he's having. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can read his inner monologue at all times. All right. Are we ready to talk about some social media from this past week of The Amazing Race? Let's do it, because uh, there's a lot of chatter on social media in general, but at the time, there there was some Amazing Race talk to have as well. <laughs> yeah, very busy week for the social media. The Amazing Race uh, might have... This is not the race that people were watching uh, super closely this week. <laughs> but The Amazing Race had tweeted out uh, earlier this week on November 4th, uh, which racer are you today? And uh, we got some options from The Amazing Race. Uh, looks like, is this... Uh, Boy, is this uh, Victoria? I think that's Michelle. Okay. Uh, she's like making like a, a scared face. It's mm-hmm. hard to tell uh, who it is. And then we have uh, Gary. Then we have Will in the back of James's head. And we have D'Angelo. <laughs> right. And Gary is smiling. And D'Angelo is also smiling, but he has sunglasses on. I'm not sure what the difference is between the two. Mm -mm. It's just more Mm -mm. like a pick who you are, Gary or D'Angelo. Because the other one, Michelle is obviously, like, I think, nervous. Will is, I think, happy. Oh, oh, we're going off of, like, this is, like, the emotions of, like... uh... I think that's what they are. I don't think it's... Oh, you thought it was, like, a BuzzFeed thing? Like, which racer are you right now? Well, they did that last week with the GIF. (laughs) Right. Right. So, yeah, which racer are you today? So, okay, so boy, so like, I guess this is sort of uh, that, it, is this sort of like an, emo- an emoji of like, I'm um, D'Angelo Williams? Yeah, exactly. Like, or is this like a how it started versus how it's going type of thing? Which racer <laughs> corresponds to which? <laughs> which yeah, maybe it's how there? it started is Michelle and how it's going is D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. That's a funny meme. Mm. Yeah. Uh, why did Will respond? Uh, LOL. Okay, I got dragged. Uh, like in Rick Devin. Maybe because it, because the Amazing Race is using it to be like, oh, look at this crying face. This is our stereotypical crying face that we're using for this emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, can I dare I say the top two are the the woman and the gay man, and the bottom two are some alpha males, yeah. and That's the fair. alpha males look happier. <laughs> Look at Gary's response. He says, yeah, they didn't do you any favors with that one. Ha ha. <laughs> Gary's like, oh that's God. a good picture of me, so I don't care. Yeah. I don't <laughs> saying ha ha anymore in tweets and in messages. Listen, if there's one person that can do it, it's Gary. Okay. Get away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Gary's a different brand. Gary. I don't know. I must have been Gary's using dial up or something. I think he's a bit behind in the times. Mm, okay. All right. I feel like that this uh, did not have a great response uh, from the uh, <laughs> uh, Amazing Race social media. Not, maybe not their best work. 
There's one. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just four. Like, I don't understand why two of them are of one team. You know, like mm-hmm. if you pick four faces, they should be of different teams. I don't know why it's like, well, D'Angelo and Gary are look so distinctly different in these two photos that we're going to need to put them side by side. Yeah. Yeah. And why do you, you know, I, you should be able to get a shot of any random other racer with a smile on their face. Like that's mm-hmm. the most generic. It's like vanilla ice cream of facial expressions. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the responses, uh, Chris Alberti says, "Racer four uh, is that D'Angelo? Are we going? I don't know. Yeah, we're counting from the top. Or the- <laughs> exactly how how we're doing it. Okay, all right. Uh, so that was from uh, on Wednesday going into going into uh, Amazing Race, and again, uh, we assume they're talking about the election, but maybe it was just going into that week's episode of the Amazing Race." Well, we do. Speaking of election, we do actually have an election pertinent Amazing Race reference that I thought was very fun uh, from, I believe it was at Miss uh, Misofella tweeted something along the lines of they somehow found out production was doing a non-elimination leg. So they're taking their sweet time. And it's a Photoshop picture of Nevada and Pennsylvania <laughs> with the, the Chiron currently in last place under it in place of Kaylin and Haley's faces. <laughs> it's criminal. That only has one retweet. Yeah. That's hilarious. I don't know. And Kaylin even thinks so too. Would the amazing race meme have been better to have uh Kaylin like putting together the garbage cello and been uh Nevada counting votes right now? Yeah, exactly. Oh. Or it's like or it's like D'Angelo and Gary and the pile of watermelons is like the ballots in Pennsylvania and they're just sort of slowly going through it one by one as it crumbles and down. And smashing <laughs> one against the tree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, the amazing race is able to uh, stay topical this week. Kaylin says this is hilarious. Four crying, laughing emoji. Yeah. Instead of ha 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 ha. Say ha ha. <laughs> is LOL still in vogue? Can we still use LOL if not ha ha? Rob, I don't think you should do it on Twitter. Mm, precious as, character count. As opposed to like in private instead of in public. Yeah, I would be afraid because you know Scott that I, I am always living my life. I, I walk on eggshells because if I make a faux pas, then people are all over me, calling me a boomer, and so I try to say, "Oh, I'm not going to make that mistake again." So I'm on the lookout for these things. Yeah, you're on Boomer Watch. Yeah. You know, Rob, it, it's really, it makes me sad to think about how you were almost on The Amazing Race and all of the ways that Phil could have trolled you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could have got me with with a number of things uh, before we even got to the abuse uh, to fruit. <laughs> yeah, God help you if you, had, if you had any fruit tests during The Amazing Race 31. Yeah. You had yeah. some lower hanging fruit than that. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, Mike, uh, I see that uh, Leo has has been uh, looking for some ways to improve the Amazing Race. Yeah, so we have some polling going on. Again, separate, uh, it's, uh, I guess, sort of a, a, com- a connection between the Amazing Race and the election. Okay. Was this so good Le- use of polling or bad use of polling? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, depends on, I guess, Leo's user base. But essentially, Leo put out a poll as to like, hey, listeners, what do you think? of the u-turn and the three options were surprises and hope are good heart emoji there should be no mercy skull emoji or mixed feelings slash other chin face emoji shrug emoji and out of 112 votes the runaway victor was surprises and hope are good so you know i guess i guess to the point of people don't like the u-turn it appears that leo's user base the majority of them do enjoy the U-turn. Surprises and hope are good from their perspective. You know, I, I actually think Leo 
just on an aside, is like the most excited cast member this season. He's engaging with followers. He's putting out some content. But it doesn't, in my opinion, it doesn't seem like he's trying to build a brand. He's just genuinely excited to be a racer, which I really love about him. Uh, But I think he's gotten a lot of backlash as being like the recipient of the U-turn. And then how he and Alana have, uh, have responded to it. So I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm, what I'm trying to say (laughs) is I'm shocked by these results. I thought people would be in his user group would say that we don't want there to be non-elimination likes because, because it sounds like the people who are engaging with him are more cutthroat. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you're thinking that the, the the, more of like the, the diehards and the no, you know, no Mm -hmm. Christians for these amazing racers, they would be the ones to have the the feelings about the U-turn. Can I tell you, I think this was bad use of polling here by Leo with all due respect, who is a smarter person than I am. Uh, He has a a much more impressive masters from Harvard, Rob. Yes. Yes. That uh, I I only went to a state school. Okay. Uh, (laughs) But in terms of if I was going to be polling on what is your take on non-elimination legs? Uh, I, I don't know if I, if I would have made the choices be surprises and hope are good. Uh, it, that's, the, <laughs> that's the response to say, I like non-elimination legs. Surprises and hope are good. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess it's almost saying like, it's not even saying yes, no, or maybe. It's, it's already skipping past that step and saying the reasons why you would say that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like that we really were sort of like force feeding a narrative here about that. Yeah, because because you could technically say that you don't like non-elimination legs, but what Leo is inferring here is if you're saying you don't like non-elimination legs, you are saying there should be yeah. no mercy on the amazing like race. Non-elimination legs, yes, no, or uh, I'm unsure. Okay. Yeah, I think that it depends. It. Yeah, I think that we're really forcing like uh, surprises and hope are good with a heart. Uh, there should be no mercy with a skull and mixed feelings slash other. Well, I like that he took great pains to conserve his characters to make sure this entire tweet fit in a single tweet and yet had room for no less than seven emojis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's how you get, you know, you hit people in the peepers first. So I think you gotta, you gotta stick them with, with some colorful images to make everyone, you know, more drawn to it. I mean, Leo's handle is Leo Folsom, parentheses, Amazing Race 32, globe emoji, yes. close parentheses. Now, Mike, is the globe the official emoji of the Amazing Race? I don't think so. Uh, I I do not think the Amazing Race has that sit down on their well, part. Should we then take a look at the emoji available and then assign a official? Oh, okay, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what emojis are left and see if we can assign that to the Amazing Race hashtag. Yeah, Jess, can you think? Is there a better emoji to give to the Amazing Race? Um, maybe I don't know, airplane or. I know, there's all those weird ones when you get like toward the end of like the last screen of emojis mm-hmm. you have you yeah, have like have go with things the Twitter that, available ones you have the ones that look like road signs I feel like one of those could work mm, yes okay so you feel like that the traffic yeah. <laughs> emoji yeah, or like, like, is there or like one road that, yeah. yeah is there one that looks like a yield 
Hmm. Okay. So oh, I'm, I'm scrolling. Oh, travel and place. There's a whole category of travel and places. Oh wow! I feel like yeah. maybe the airplane might be uh, more yeah. representative. That was of my the first impulse. Oh, okay. We do see a yellow and black stripe sign that used to be the colors oh, of the yes. Amazing Race back yeah. in the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have the construction sign. Maybe this should be the next poll for Leo. What should be <laughs> the official Amazing Race emoji? Is it the airplane? <laughs> Is it the construction sign? Uh, Shouldn't what, the construction should... sign be the official uh, emoji of Tough as Nails? Mm-hmm, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Also, if you want to save that. Or... Should it be the Chinese pagoda? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, do you have a ticket or anything like that? A passport? Uh, a passport a would be hard. Yeah. Oh, watermelon would be good. Yeah, the amazing mm-hmm. red watermelon. Mm-hmm. What about this red envelope? Oh, well, there's a map. I, think oh, that, the red I envelope. believe that also is a Chinese uh, influence. Yeah, that's for emoji. Chinese New Year, Rob. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know the red envelope is Chinese <laughs> yeah, New Year. World map is, is pretty solid. World map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, actually, I think world map might be the best one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best so Best so far. Oh, let's see. Is there one in symbols? Anything in anything in symbols? Yeah, here. Let's see. Going too fast. Didn't we have a a road sign up there? Yes. There could be like could be like an arrow, right? Like because you're always going in some sort of direction on the Amazing Race. No arrows. Arrows is no good. Yeah. Uh, Oh, that that's like a that's like a slow children at play (laughs) sign. I don't think we (laughs) I don't think we want that. Flags. Oh, look at all the we have all the world flags. Right, so you'd have to pick one. If it's Amazing Race US, should it be the US flag? That seems counterintuitive. Hmm. I feel like that's an official emoji of something else. Hmm. Yeah. Some other race that was this week. Okay. I mean, who decides what emojis are made? Can we just ask Apple to make one? For the There's Amazing an race? international emoji board. Ooh, how do you get on the IEB? <laughs> 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 oh, we got the new tour arrow there. That's pretty good. Hmm. Okay. All right. So let's maybe let's. How about this? Let's leave it open to our listeners to pitch us on official yeah. amazing race emoji. Uh, you know, we do have the clown face, which would have been perfect for uh, the circus uh, from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. This now it's becoming less amazing race and more so like the Tella an amazing race episode only using emojis game, uh, <laughs> which could have been which could have been very applicable as well. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll be on the lookout for your Amazing Race emoji suggestion. All right. How about uh, then? Oh, Alana is gets in on social media action this week, too, Mike. Yeah. So here's a little bit about more behind the scenes stuff. So we saw in this episode, the Mind Five, this Alliance of Five, made this move in the first act where uh, Will and James and Hung and Chi printed out maps and surreptitiously passed them off to, uh, to the other teams. And nobody was the wiser. Uh, so Leo tweeted, let it be known that we printed out the same map at the same kiosk five minutes later. The plot thickens. Oh. And then I then Alana responds essentially with the with the methodology behind it, saying, What I remember is that they didn't clear their search history. So we read all their research and printed all the same maps. Dot dot dot. Maybe we were all helping each other in one big alliance. Boy, this is a very <laughs> sneaky move from Alana. I think Leo, take note that uh, Alana is a search history checker. <laughs> I mean, I think this is a lesson. Like, if you go on the Amazing Race, like incognito mode is your best friend. Yes. yes. 
<laughs> always <laughs> always no matter what yes. especially if they're at an airport kiosk yes. incognito mode by far now, oh for real yeah just that uh, i feel like that uh, those internet kiosks i feel like that when you log out doesn't it clear your search history i mean it depends on the country i guess i don't know what paraguay internet kiosks do yeah I don't know. Scott, because whenever I'm in like a hotel and like you're in the business center, I feel like then you put mm-hmm. in like, uh, you want to check my Gmail and then it's like, okay, then it's going to erase all my settings when I log out. Yeah, I, I thought I found this really funny because we would beg for internet access if there wasn't free uh, resources available. And if we begged, uh, then there was no type of money exchange and there was no clearing of browser history or turning it off between users. It would go from team to team. So I can understand how this happened um, what I find super funny is that when we get clues about where we're going, yeah, the maps, I learned this after the fact, but like the maps don't really help us because the mm-hmm. taxi driver is going to take you or they're not. And that's the end of the story. Um, and then you get more clues once you get to that location. But our test <laughs> with my prompting was looking up uh, one of the uh, spoiler websites that was trying to identify all of us as racers. So oh. we found that way more entertaining uh, yeah. while we were on the race. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, yeah, because because you, I mean, people could technically be lying about who they are. And so you could be like, wow, this is a multi-million dollar celebrity who's racing alongside us. And they're trying to come off like a kindergarten teacher. Well, Scott, it, were they wrong about who you were? Or did they, they even I was out? shocked. I was the fourth person they identified. And I'm like, I literally have no claim to fame. I'm like one of the actual regular people. I what think are you talking about? You cast. went to high school with Rachel Riley. <laughs> I know. That's how they got me. They got me <laughs> because they said, you recognize any of these people. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I mean, Rachel is a lurker on there. Yeah, that's what it is. She was at uh, the LA airport just pointing us out. Uh, <laughs> no, but even Matt Ladley, a, like a, a award-winning snowboarder, wasn't identified until later. It was just so funny how they figured us all out. But I don't know. It, that was way more fun than finding maps for us. Mm-hmm. Did you get any good gossip about the people you were racing with from the message boards? Yeah, I found out who had kids. I found out who was married. Um, <laughs> we found out who had applied for other shows. I mean, I, I use this website in my own personal life. So it was the first thing I checked when I was on the race because priorities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I wanted to know if they knew who I was, which, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. Number four. Th- also, I was trying to figure out, would they know where we were going? Because that's another way to figure out do they have some information that we don't have? And the only time that was really shocking is we I, we left some hotel at 3 a.m. in the morning, had just gotten our clues, and it was on that site within 10 minutes. And I went, that's nuts. I don't know who is feeding them information, but they are like 95% correct. Wow. That's a, that's a leaker. Yeah, There's one someone. thing I know, one thing I know they do is they look at what time of day are the racers leaving and what are the flights that are leaving within a certain number of hours of them leaving. Mhm. Which is It's really smart. It's very smart. And that's how they have people on the ground in all the potential finale cities. I, I understand. Can these yeah. people become like professional investigators or something? Maybe like <laughs> like helping with abuse to fruit? Because like their skills are, I wouldn't say they're being wasted, <laughs> but they certainly can be applied elsewhere to be productive to society. You could dream. You could dream. Okay. Well, speaking, speaking of abuse to fruit, so D'Angelo had to relive his hashtag bad memories. Uh, about the watermelon. So we have a couple things about this. So D'Angelo tweeted, I haven't touched a watermelon in two years because of that damn detour at Amazing Race CBS. Easily the most frustrating thing I've ever dealt with in my life. 
at Gary Barnage, you are a close second LMA. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, Gary, second place yet again. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I just love that no matter, even like his biggest complaint, he's also getting a dig at Gary at the end of it. Yeah. Boy, D'Angelo really is grumpy cat, Jess, that uh, he hates everything. Oh, yeah. Well, no, he likes candy corn. Oh, okay. Did, did he say that? Did he? Uh... Yeah, we had a whole segment last week, Rob. I don't know. Maybe you were asleep. But we had a whole segment Just about D'Angelo's love. It's been a long week. That's a fair point. It's been this six week years. Has been it's ten years long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That is fair. But right. yeah, he has a he has a really um, irrational love of candy corn, but okay. he hates everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, D'Angelo does not receive a sweet response to this because we got a Gary clap back here. Uh, so Gary gets called out in that tweet. Obviously, he responds, "Ha ha." Gary laugh. Classic Gary. Oh. oh, Gary. Oh, if they only showed the times you cramped and the other times you were ready to quit. Ha ha. Oh, the whole ha ha bookend. Mm. Uh, and then I believe Leo then quote tweeted it and said, I wish they'd shown security giving at D'Angelo RB a shirtless back rub and athletic massage after you finished your watermelon what? pyramid. What security? The ATF? <laughs> the ATF came in and rubbed him down. Oh, uh, I bet I know what this is. Our, sorry to burst your bubble on something that's not so fun, but our security guards were also our medical, so he probably had some issues. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm. Okay. Boy. So this, <laughs> so this isn't like a Paul Blart mall cop thing in terms of security. This is like a <laughs> that's, right. Boy. that's what I thought, but then I was like, eh, no, he probably had an actual muscle cramp and then I stepped in. So Yeah. I guess uh, I don't know about this. I guess if you have a lot of muscles, uh, do they cramp, Scott? Is that what happens? I don't know. Well, that's, that's exactly. <laughs> you're asking the right person. <laughs> so I don't know. And maybe uh, being in the NFL spoiled D'Angelo. He's got used to like, uh, where's my cold tub after this task? <laughs> yeah, where's the ice bath? I need to soak. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, if you're talking about D'Angelo as Grumpy Cat, we missed out on much more Grumpy Cat that would apparently hit the cutting room floor of him talking about wanting to complain, about him cramping, about him apparently getting like a massage from medical halfway through mm. their pyramid. Yeah. Mm. Just now, Leo didn't even go to this part of the detour. <laughs> How does he know? Is this just well, hearsay? I, it was probably at the pit stop. Okay. They gave him uh, massages at the pit stop. Wow. Well, here's the thing. Hopefully, it was a, they got to rest on it. What if it was a no-rest uh, pit stop? And they're like, no, but D'Angelo, are you going to take the time to get the massage you so sorely need? Or are you going to get on with the rest of your race? Hmm. Okay. All right. Wow. Uh, Scott, shirtless back rubs. I mean, they're making this amazing race sound uh, very luxurious. What I don't understand is why I wasn't called to provide this shirtless back rub. Um, <laughs> it's, it's beyond me. But would it have been, would it have been an Ernie and Cindy moment? Would D'Angelo have recognized you if you came out to give the back rub? <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's a Carolina Panther, and I'm that's my team. So I actually would have known a, a sports ball player. This would have been fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, you know, that, that's all I have to say about that. Okay. But no, that's not. I sorry, my train of thought was lost. But there's this moment in Vietnam in our season where all the men had their shirts off and it only showed really quickly. And that like Twitter went aflame because everyone's like, why weren't those guys shirtless all season? I was like, if you looked carefully, I was not shirtless. And that's because you don't want to see all this goodness because this is just for me, myself and I, but also I had a mic on and you know, you can't really take your shirt off that your mic getting snagged and all this stuff. So um, I'm surprised they didn't show it. That would bring up the viewership by millions. I would suspect. 
Yeah, they'd be like, why are we going to Europe? More shirtless D'Angelo Williams, please. Let's stay in South America. Mm-hmm. Plus one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was our social media for uh, this week. Now, Mike, last week we talked about what was going on in uh, the CBS.com store, uh, specifically about what was going on with The Amazing Race and some other uh, things. But uh, I am under the impression we are going back to the CBS.com store. Well, listen, you put out a request and I accepted it. Uh, I have games pumping through my blood at all times. So I went to the CBS store today and luck behold, there is a holiday specific sale going on at the CBS store. So there are holiday specific branded items for various CBS shows going on right now at the CBS store. So it's a really quick game. Uh, I have come up with a list of CBS holiday merch. Some of them are real. Some of them I made up. Okay. And so we're going to go around the horn and you have to tell me if this is a real piece of holiday merchandise from the CBS store or if I made it up. Scott, do you own any merch from the uh, CBS store? I, uh, I own one thing uh, and it is a blanket of the old Amazing Race logo. And I bought it for a maturity event. So not really from the CBS store, but that's where it came from. Okay. But I was, I mean, Rob, did you get a discount when you were on Survivor? Did they say, hey, here's some, here's some no, dollar? No discount. Uh, they gave me, they gave me some stuff. And uh, there was like a CBS store, like that used to be like where they would uh, film like the late show with David Letterman. Uh, and they, yeah. but I, that uh, I went in there one time, but no, I did not get any discount for anything. Isn't that annoying? So I just stole one one clue of each type and my fanny pack. So mm-hmm. there's my CBS store. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Just skimming a bit off the top. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we'll, we'll go around the horn here. I have three each for you. So just let's start with you. So again, I'm going to read okay. this item. You have to tell me whether or not it is a real item in the CBS store. Okay. A Survivor Tropical Santa Fleece crew neck sweatshirt. <laughs> hmm. I can't even picture what that is. Is it like a ugly Christmas sweater with Survivor stuff on it? Yeah, Mike, that makes so little sense that I'm going to go ahead and say that's real. I'm popping the link in the chat right now. It is indeed a real item, and it is a piece of graphic design worth a gander. Uh, because, yeah, it's a it's a Survivor themed it's on a sweater it's on sweatpants uh but it is santa claus in a hawaiian shirt and sandals standing on a signpost that says outwit outplay outlast shout out to my tattoo uh but yeah this is i i i'm not sure what exactly is happening well, here there's a lot of ideas description maybe that'll help explain things uh whether you're rocking around a palm tree or building snowmen up north this Survivor Tropical Santa Fleece Crewneck Sweatshirt is perfect to wear all holiday season long. Featuring a totally tubular Santa, this cozy sweatshirt is the perfect holiday look for any Survivor fan. Really? For any nope. fan? Or... <laughs> I, I don't know who you would get this for. Like, hey, Dad, I know you love Survivor. Here's, here's a holiday shirt that if People get a magnifying glass. They might be able <laughs> yeah. to identify that this is actually Survivor merch. Here's clip art Santa standing next to a signpost that has the Survivor logo on it. And that's it. Yes. Now, 
Is it actually better if Mike, if people identify is this was actually supposed to be Gary Papa Smurf from Survivor Fiji? <laughs> well, then he's, that shouldn't be the Survivor logo. It should be a bunch of pick snouts on top of it. Or it should be uh, just sitting on the ground from heart palpitations, speaking of medical <laughs> slash security. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is indeed an item. This is so strange because, again, it, the imagery has nothing to do with Survivor whatsoever. This seems like something like someone's mom would make them. Uh, just like putting together a bunch of random images like, I heard you like Survivor. Here was a, here's a holiday-based image. So I'm just stunned at the lack of Survivor in this Survivor product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's very clip art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, you Jess, you twenty nine ninety five. It's a pretty good deal, though. Crew neck sweatshirt. Yeah, just in time for the holidays again. If, for for the, that special someone in your life. Yeah, only available in gray. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> one color option. All right, Scott, I'm going to go over to you with this next one. So, it's sweatpants that read the phrase "racing through the snow." down its leg. I realize I should probably go with, with the description more so than the actual name of the items. Yeah, these are sweatpants with the Amazing Race applicable phrase racing through the snow printed down one leg. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I feel like it's going to be a real product. Um, because they, they did some uh, recent promotion right before this season where they all of a sudden were racing through XYZ was their marketing tool, which I have no idea why. So I'm going to say yes, now that we've seen Clip Art Santa. That is a Mike Bloom original. I made that one up. Oh, there is, oh my God. <laughs> there is no Amazing Race holiday merchandise in the CBS store. Yeah, and it's gray what? sweatpants okay. season. What is happening? Why are we the redheaded stepchild uh, show? I, I, we're the only one on right now saving this network. Mm-hmm. I'm very upset. Mm-hmm. That's, it's very strange uh, maybe they didn't want to go into like the full snowmobile of it all of like oh because I think racing through the snow listen CPS if you want to use my IP go ahead I don't mind no it I makes think too much can... sense alright Rob let's go to you here we're going to go back to the survivor well here an <clears throat> ugly sweater that reads survivors ready ho 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 <laughs> <laughs> An ugly sweater is a survivor's ready question mark. Ho, ho, ho. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it. I'll say yes. That is correct. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's uh, it's it's yeah, it's just kitschy enough to work as a phrase. Survivor's ready. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. maybe this is that one. Maybe. This is a narrative, though, like, uh, you know, maybe maybe it's sort of like they're grooming Santa to become the ne- the next host of Survivor of like, here he is at the, the signpost. And now here he is with his hit catchphrase, Survivor's ready. Ho, ho, ho. As he starts the challenges off. OK, so here it is. Here is oh, my Survivor's gosh. ready. Ho, ho, ho. This is a very thanks. I hate it. Available only in XL and double XL. And look at it. <laughs> get ready for some sticker shock here. What? $64.95. And there's only five left. Only five in stock. Do they make five total? <laughs> but they're oh also only God. an XL size. <laughs> yeah. So they're not making any new ones. This might be a. Wait, what is over. happening? <laughs> I'm, I'm so confused. This makes no sense whatsoever. 
I'm like flabbergasted right now looking at this ugly sweater that has nothing to do with anything except once again, is that clip art sand we see with a palm tree? Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like the pixel pixelated sand that you use in a sweater. Yeah. Um, we've got, oh, don't forget, we've got snow snowflakes on the shoulder pad area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we've got the tiki torch by the navel. Mm-hmm. And some campfire imagery just all around. Yeah. So, well, listen to this. Survivors ready? Ho, ho, ho. Get ready to survive the holidays with the official Survivor Survivors Ready Ho, ho, ho <laughs> ugly Christmas sweater. Very, very redundant there. Uh, the sweater has the authentic Christmas sweater design knitted into <laughs> the sweater. Wait, I'm confused about what this is now. Yes. Okay, is but listen a, to these product sweater? details, Jess. Uh, for sixty-four okay. ninety-five, you get the high-quality knitted sweater, the hilarious design. And when you say it's hilarious, that's how you know it's hilarious. Yeah. No, I, I, it was Gary mm. writing the description though. He put "ha ha" after ha-ha. it. The hilarious design is fully knitted right into the sweater. It's made of one hundred percent acrylic. The sweater has a soft feel and is not itchy. Oh, uh, good. And also. One tree is planted for every sweater made. <laughs> there, are, there are five made. <laughs> it's a maximum of five trees. You can plant five trees. Yes. Uh, just that for the environmentalists out there, uh, is, is that common for like an offset for every sweater that gets made that a tree should be planted? I thought this is more going to be more of a Tom's shoes situation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one you buy one ugly sweater and they send one to somebody in a developing country. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I can't wait to see pictures from like the Peace Corps of a bunch of kids wearing Survivors Ready Ho Ho Ho, ho sweaters. <laughs> okay. All right. Somewhere a very small forest lives because of the sweater. <laughs> not okay. I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So, yes, we're going back to you here. A sweatshirt that reads Snowbot 3000. You made that up, Mike. I did not. Oh, what? wow. All right. Let's see. Oh, my God. <laughs> 3000. So there is indeed a parody of the Zingbot called Snowbot. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The Snowbot 3000 fleece crew neck sweatshirt. When All right, Scott, I know what you're getting Rachel for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the Snowbot 3000, we have three words to say. Let it snow. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Featuring a snowified Zingbot 3000. This crazy Big Brother Snowbot 3000. I'm sorry, this cozy Big Brother Snowbot. No, I mean, Elizabeth, I think you were fine with Little Calm A, Little Calm B. Runex sweatshirt is the perfect to wear while making hot cocoa, decorating holiday cookies, or making a Snowbot 3000 of your very own this holiday season. So, this is something. That has never been part of Brick Brother canon before. Apparently decided to create this in the off-season instead of Zingbot. But the weird thing is that Snowbot, which is a snowman, still has Zingbot 3000 on it. So I'm very confused about its naming here. I think it has an identity crisis. Yeah. Boy, uh, was this the best we could do, pun-wise? <laughs> like, uh, like, zing in the new year? Yeah, it's something there. like that. Zing Crosby? Like zinging in a winter wonderland or something. Yeah. 
Also, what, what there's there's something hanging from it. Are those ornaments? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> they should have had like a veto hanging from it or a house yeah. key. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not call sure. us. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 honestly indescribable. It's like a like if you want to hear the term robot snowman, this is the best thing you could ever imagine. This should be the Google image result for robot snowman right now. Not for I don't know, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> the the scarf is covering where it says Zingbot 3 like it's not like this is so iconic and clear huh. of like what it is that uh the, sing, seeing mm-hmm. Zingbot 3000 on the snowman would help. Why is it wearing a pilgrim hat? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like a Frosty the Snowman thing. I think it's supposed to be, but that's not what a, that's not what Frosty the Snowman's hat is shaped like. Maybe it's trying to hedge its bets of like, listen, some people celebrate Christmas in November, some do in December, so let's combine both holidays into one image. Mm. Mm. Okay. Boy. All right. So Thanks, I hate it. There is no bottom. Mm-hmm. Scott, here's yours. A sweater. That reads, future Mrs. Spencer Reed. Oh, uh, I feel like that's true. I think that's a real thing. That is indeed a real thing. There is yeah. a... Now look, we talked last week about how Matthew Gray Goobler of Criminal Minds was memorialized in a cardboard cutout. But who knew the man was a zaddy? Yeah. So much so that he Boy. was sweater sweater worthy. When we talk about ugly sweaters here, uh, I don't think oh, that we've even scratched oh the surface until we get to Mrs. Spencer Reed holiday oh. adult all over Prince sweatshirt. I think that the Criminal Minds profilers should come visit you if you are wearing the Mrs. Spencer Reed holiday adult all over print sweatshirt. Uh, perfect for secret Santa exchanges. I guess if you get a person that you hate. Uh, caroling and holiday sweater con- contests. This criminal minds Mrs. Spencer Reed holiday all over print crew neck is a must-have addition to your festive wardrobe. No matter where you wear it, this sweatshirt will leave you feeling merry and bright all season long. I'm confused because it looks like from the image that they screen printed Matthew Gray Goobler's face onto it. Is that photorealistic? Like, will I actually get yes. the image of Matthew Gray Goobler's face on me or is it going to be pixelated? Yeah. By the way, uh, this was uh, very forward of uh, the CBS store to have a model of the future Mrs. Spencer Reed uh, that is a man wearing the sweatshirt. It's very progressive. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I just, I can't, I don't know what the reaction would be if you walked into a public setting wearing a future Mrs. Spencer Reed sweater. Look. Right. <laughs> what, what does it say on the arms? Have you noticed that? It's B A U? Does that stand for something? something? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, it does. Hmm. Does it say eBay? <laughs> That's where you'll need to put it now. (laughs) Wait. Also, does it come with things? Because it looks like there's like jeans and shoes and glass comes with anything. That's just a styling suggestion, Mike. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh! So you can do your Matthew Gray Goobler cosplay while wearing your future Mrs. Spencer Reed shirt. Hmm. Honestly, the only person I want to see wearing this is Matthew Gray Goobler. Yeah, that would be perfect. Yes. <laughs> Did we all miss our calling uh, in in that CBS's uh, uh, Paraware needs some help? 
maybe we should all just take on a second job and help them out. I'm just so intrigued. It's like, all right, people, we need ideas for a holiday. So we're like, ooh, well, how about future Mrs. Spencer? You know, back in the day when you used to doodle in your notebook that you would become the future Mrs. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Let's do that with Matthew Gray Goobler from Criminal Minds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. To be fair, I've never seen Criminal Minds. It Mm. might... You know, he might be a super zaddy in that. I don't know. I know for for well, you know what I've realized. Not- I've realized in the past couple of weeks that I think Matthew Gray Cooper is the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. Apparently, like he has necessitated so much merch modeled after him. Well, yeah. what a perfect thing for the holidays then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All uh, right, he's he's stayed on the show. I think for its entire like ten plus year run. He's like the John Munch of the. Yeah, he just has never left. Triple Minds Universe. Yes. All right, Rob, let's go, let's go to you for this one. A figurine of what is referred to as Young Shelfton, which is Young Sheldon dressed up as an elf. Mm, no, I, I think you made that up. I do not believe that there is a Young Shelfton. I made it up. <laughs> that's that's, that's actually good. Again, so good, CBS, take my idea. It's right there, Young Shelfton. Yeah, maybe we go like a shelled on the shelf. Sheldon, yep. Everyone wants Ian Armitage staring at your children. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, honestly, give me like Goobler on the shelf, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe he could be just like knocking on your door, like Penny, (laughs) Penny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jess, we're coming back to you here, Big Brother. H O H O H O H O H. Turns it around the mug. That's so dumb, Mike. It's so dumb. I'm going to hope you made it up. No, I think it, it's too good. It can't real. be real. real. No. 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 You're that head of household of head of household of head of household. No, this is head of this household of household of household. This one is actually clever. This one is the best one by far. Yes, fourteen ninety five. The H O H O H O. Oh my god! Yeah. I feel like it needs so another well. H on the end. Was Doctor yeah. Will drinking out of this cup? Oh yeah, I think as as the neighbor, and I mean, I don't know. I would say had uh, maybe Christmas Abbott been received more positively in the Big Brother community, <laughs> the branding was right there. But I think they would. They're not putting her on a shirt. I'll love Matthew yeah. Gray Goobler. I'll say that much. Don't know if they stuck the landing on the description after decorating the tree, wrapping the presents, and singing carols. You deserve a little R and R. Where's the R and R come from? Rest and relaxation. Yeah. I don't know. This is how I would describe a coffee cup. Uh, have yourself a delicious cup of ho ho holiday cheer from the festive Big Brother H O H O H O H O H. That feels a little redundant. The, <laughs> then add the extra H O H at the end. I am going to hazard a guess that whoever wrote these product descriptions has not actually seen any of the shows no. they're writing the descriptions no. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not. No, it's, it's, it's insert, like, take three holiday activities and say how this product would be perfect for it, no matter what the setting is. Yeah. Okay. Perfect for your hot cocoa caliente. Oh, no. <laughs> Save it while you record your follow-up eight podcasts. <laughs> All right. All right. Scott, going to you. Uh, the, the NCIS Miss Wreath. 
<laughs> I feel like I like it, which means you made it up. That is correct. I made it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure even what an NCIS Miss Wreath would entail, but I feel like that could be a thing. I feel like we'd have all of their faces, all of the actors' faces on different balls that are stuck in the foliage. Oh, yeah. Nothing you. like hanging a Wilmer Valderrama on your Christmas tree this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> Mary NCIS Miss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh Rob, God. this last one is for you. Yes. Let's go. We're going back to the mugs here. This mug is Criminal Minds based, reads Profiler in Training. What what is the product again? It is a mug. A mug? Profiler in training. <sighs> yeah, it seems so basic that I feel like that you would be more creative in your fake thing. So I will say it is real. That is correct. Yes. And actually, the profile and training wow. mug is part of a Criminal Minds gift wrapped bundle that you can Ooh. give to any Ooh. fans uh, who are not just obsessed with Matthew Gray Goobler, but the whole gang. Okay. All right. So uh, there you go. The Criminal Minds part of the gift wrapped fan bundle. Oh my! It's only seventy four ninety five for the entire <laughs> set of Criminal Minds. It's, it's two gifts. things. How is that a set? No, it, 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 there are three bullet points here. One, it's a Criminal Minds distressed B A U Quantico Sherpa blanket, not too dissimilar from Scott's Amazing Race blanket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, number mm-hmm. two. It's a 1X Criminal Minds uh, Profiler and Training 11-ounce white mug. And third bullet point, 1X gift box with ribbon. <laughs> I'm sold. We have three yeah. items. One of them is the box for the yeah, other Click one. on the box. I want to look at the box. It doesn't even say Criminal Minds no. on it. No, that's too suspicious. Yes. Um, <laughs> that would be... Do you think, Mike, that because this is like something that would happen in a Criminal Minds episode <laughs> of like a white cake box with a red ribbon shows up at like a Criminal Minds with evidence? Exactly. Yeah. You too can feel like Joe Montaigne as you get a nondescript white box at your tour that contains all the Criminal Minds gear you can get your heart set on. Yeah, this, all two of the Criminal Minds gear. This Criminal Minds <laughs> product bundle will make fans happier than Spencer Reed in a library. So what is up with Spencer Reed? <laughs> He's I'm gonna have to watch the show now. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Perfect <laughs> to place this holiday bundle under the tree or gift in your next secret Santa party to make the holidays the best one yet. Could you imagine, Scott? You got a secret Santa from someone, and you opened up this white box with the red ribbon, only to receive the three-piece set of the criminal no, two-piece set. <laughs> the, the box is one of the pieces. Oh, my God. I, you know what? I would be so thrilled that it goes back together for easy shipping on eBay. Yes. Right when I'm done with that. Yes. I think, make sure to let the person know, like, the box is part of it. <laughs> I need that. I'm gonna keep the box. I wonder, yeah. can you return the box? Uh, if they're they're like, okay, you got two of the items, but you did not get the third piece, which was the box it came in. So I'm afraid you're not able to put it out. I, I guess you really have to do like because I believe the Secret Santa was also touted for the future Mrs. Spencer Reed sweater as well. So they're really touting, uh, you know, criminal minds themed Secret Santa parties, which sounds like the most disinviting thing I've heard in quite some time. 
Yeah, I think there's a pretty rabid Criminal Minds fan base, uh, I would have to imagine, if they have all of this merch. I think we uh, scratched the surface a little bit about that. We did a season three, episode seven of uh, Criminal Minds at one point. Or it might have been a season four episode that had Jason Alexander in a really crazy I think that's role. What I yeah. Uh, I like the animated gif on the website of also of like showing you the uh, is there a left-handed cup and a right-handed cup or are they just showing <laughs> Same us picture. Oh. it's on both sides oh my <laughs> so there you go so everybody well, actually, can see it, it and you can see it is it technically four pieces then it's left-facing mug right-facing mug <laughs> in the box <laughs> So, was there any amazing race holiday themed merch, Mike? Not none Not whatsoever. Yet. Not even ornaments. Those were reserved solely for you guessed it, future Mrs. Spencer Reed. It made its way onto Stop. the Christmas tree as so, well. Are there only holiday gifts for these three programs? Uh, so we have Big Brother. We have uh, Survivor. We do have. There's no NCIS Smiths branding but there is an ncis special agent badge under uh, surrounded by a wreath and there's a big brother gingerbread house but yeah it's pretty much based around about four or five shows so the buck stopped pretty short when it came to branding in terms of width okay all right well this is my contest for next week i want all of the listeners to think about um, what is the best cbs show holiday merchandise that they can think of and i guarantee it's better than a set of three items one of which is the box yes and just where's all the <laughs> tough as nails holiday merch i don't know in fact i was actually um we found a bunch of little wooden discs that looked like the final uh, Tough as Nails challenge and they have a little hole drilled in them to be an ornament and yes. I'm seriously thinking oh, about cookies. making leave the cookies for Santa yeah yeah. <laughs> I'm seriously thinking about making a cookie ornament with the Tough as Nails logo on it yeah maybe you have like a little you know a diorama of Santa like landing on the roof and roofer Lee up there like working uh, to get the roof ready for Santa well no just Mur- <laughs> it has to be Murph is Santa right <laughs> oh Murph is totally Santa well Hope everyone has been <laughs> good this year. Uh, I, can't, I didn't come down the chimney, though. I have a fear of heights. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, well done, Mike. Uh, Thank you. Great job on the uh, CBS Holiday Gift Store merch game to get us well, in the holiday you. season. I made a mistake, though. I did not do this in incognito mode, much like the Mind 5, so I'm very afraid of what my algorithms are going to look like from now on. I'm going to have so much Matthew Gray Goobler in my feed, I won't know what to do with it. <laughs> and Alana can figure out what you're getting her for Christmas. Exactly. She knows. Yeah. Just check the search history. Mm-hmm. Problematic. <laughs> yeah. Don't think D'Angelo would like any of these gifts. <laughs> yeah, imagine D'Angelo Williams at the Criminal Mind Sacred Santa. <laughs> he'd have the look. He'd be like, where's the third item? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not funny that's not, it's funny. not the box it's not funny <laughs> okay <laughs> scott uh do you have anything else that you want to say about this season of the amazing race oh gosh uh i think i was able to tackle it earlier where i i think job well done on the casting super interesting couples we've got going on i'm intrigued to see some of these new countries we have projected um but i do want to see production design to improve. I want to see new challenges. I want to see tougher challenges, maybe a little bit more physical challenges for this particular season of the race. Okay. 
Uh, let me also I just ask you while we have you here about the idea of the uh, we've talked about this big alliance that has been sort of like a big part of the show uh, so far with these uh, five teams at the top of the race. As a former racer, is this something mm-hmm. that is probably more commonplace than has been explored on the show? Or do you think that this is something that is more of like an emergent strategy on the race? Yeah, I, I made the comment earlier where I, I was the mastermind. I use that very loosely on, on strategy in my season. I do feel like we had a unique situation where it was a lot of individuals that had, a you know, we're looking out for themselves. So there was uh, the situation was ripe for creating alliances. I feel like in this situation, um, it's, it's really an extension of what's been seen. I don't think this is something new that the five teams who constantly show up at the top want to work together. That's, I think that's a common thread we've seen in the history of the show. Um, I, I see that the story arcs involve the Alliance, which is new. That's a new way of telling the story for the show. Um, but in the end, alliances only take you so far. I'm, I'm intrigued to see why the producers and the editors have chosen to talk about alliances this season. It hasn't really like played into favor for someone or against someone. I mean, I think they're trying to show Leo as an out Leo and Alana are outsiders, but they're not really, they're performing very well alone. Um, so I, I, I don't, I, I guess to answer your question directly, I don't think it's anything completely new. I think the, the show is trying to find some new breath to, to pipe into the season. And this is what they're choosing to do. Okay. Mike, I know you had been following uh, the uh, scheduling uh, and the rescheduling of uh, this season of The Amazing Race. Could you talk us through what we can expect for uh, the next couple of weeks? Yes, because I know that on Wednesday, I just shrugged my hands a la the, the emoji uh, in some of Leo's tweets as to you know what was going on. So here's what the schedule is going to be in our corresponding recaps. So next week is going to be episode five. We are going to France to visit some Coneheads. Uh, not pyramid heads uh, with watermelons, uh, but that's where we're going, and it's going, only going to be one episode next week. And Mike, just uh, to touch on something that you had brought to my attention a couple days ago, uh, there are some places where people are already able to access episode five. Correct? Yes. Yeah, so here's the thing: I also I believe that it has leaked in some places. Oh, yeah. I believe some, some on-demand services uh, at the time did not get the memo because obviously this was a very last-minute thing from CBS as to like oh, don't air Ixnay episode five. So I believe, I don't know if they're still up on those streaming services, but their links do exist out there. So if people want to see the episode early, they can. I know that none of us are seeking yeah. that out. We are we are looking to watch it at eight o'clock. Yeah, this is like in the final season of Game of Thrones when like yes. HBO Go in Spain like uploaded the episode early and people were able to go online and watch it. Yeah, the internet is is a is a weird place as we talked about with reality fan forums. So, you know, people have the option to check it out if they want to. But otherwise, we will be back Wednesday night to talk about episode five. The next week was originally scheduled to be a double episode. It is still going to be a double episode airing on, I believe that's the 18th of November, but it's going to be episode six and seven. Then we're doing another double episode the very next week on the 25th, which I think is the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, so we're having double, double episodes. And then it should be single episodes from then on out until I believe, I think December 16th is when it is currently scheduled to wrap the whole thing up. Okay. Like a gift box filled with criminal minds here. <laughs> 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 right. Filled with two criminal minds things. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, a lot of amazing race coming at us over these uh, next couple of weeks. Jess, anything else you want to add? Um, I I am very excited to do double exit interviews two weeks in a row. That'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Do you think that we will get double exit interviews any of these weeks? That I, I would like guess they, they'll stack um, a non-elimination leg with each of these. Well, yeah, I, I, that's I, I what they plan to do. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know. Yeah, because originally we would imagine that if an elimination leg is happening in episode five, then like it would have been one team to talk to this past week. So now this sort of pushes everything. I would not be surprised if one of these double episodes is two elimination legs. Okay. I would guess next week's probably is, and maybe the week after there's another non-elimination yeah. leg. And then with Thanksgiving, just I know from Survivor uh, most years that that always is a tricky week where then uh, they won't do any exit press on Thursday or Friday. It'll be the following Monday when we get the exit press for whatever happens that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Right. So maybe we'll do like a later tar pits that week if you still want to mix in the exit press with that. Yeah. All right. We'll figure it out. We got a lot. uh, We got a lot on on our plate here as we head into Thanksgiving. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Um, Jess, uh, what else is coming up for you? Uh, well, over on Post Show Recaps, uh, this gentleman, Mike Bloom, and I are doing recaps of Star Trek Discovery. And this past week, we got very deep down the nerd rabbit hole, like even for us. Um, and it was a very good time for an episode that I think we both really loved. And then um, the great Josh Wiggler and I do a recap of Fear the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond podcast we're calling fear the walking dead world beyond we've had the great brandon chappelle joining us for those and watching the episode optional Mm -hmm. uh listening to the podcast very fun regardless of whether you have any idea what's going on okay and then mike what's next for you so in addition to what jess talked about uh of course josh and i are going down the hatch talked about expose very polarizing episode of lost but very very fun to talk about Rob spoke about uh, the Star Wars brain steal that we just did, which was very fun. Uh, two and a half hours of nothing but Star Wars and Survivor references. But we are not quite out of the Survivor jungle yet. Survivor's ready. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, because oh for just in time for the holiday season, Rob and I are going to start bringing a, a special off-season series on Survivor uh, that we're going to call Outwit, Outplay, Outlist. Yes. Where the, the two of us, plus join with some guests, are going to basically be arbitrary and reductive and uh, rank and rate certain things in a category uh, on Survivor. So we're going to be doing one. I think this Tuesday is, is going to be our, our first one. But this is an opportunity to basically all the jokes that we made in these years about like the Mike Bloom offseason podcast have now essentially come to fruition. And that's mm-hmm. what happens when you have an interminable offseason <laughs> with no end point that jokes become reality. So we're going to be doing some, some listing and I'm, I'm very excited to be talking about survivor again, especially in such a miscellaneous format. Okay. Uh, very much looking forward to that starting this week. Scott, Jess was saying before the show started today that you are a great follow on Goodreads. (laughs) I guess so. That was a nice compliment from Jess. Yes. I had a a goal to read 52 books uh, for last year and this year. I actually just hit 52 this week. So amazing. Oh, I had a schedule. Yeah, I had a schedule. So um, apparently my uh, my reviews 2020 are to run from was one good century. for that. If you were if yeah. you were trying to get more reading done. Exactly. Yeah, so if you like to hear what I say about certain fictional books, then by all means follow me on Goodreads, but What's I'm not very active on social genre? media. 
you know, I like historical fiction and, and just general fiction. Um, mm. I'm, I want the stories to be told to me rather than learning about something that's already happened in a more nonfiction sense. Okay. Scott, what else is going on? Anything else that people should be checking out? I, I want to just underscore the great content you all are putting out. I am so entertained by what you're giving us. We need people like you out there giving us something to look at and listen to outside of what's going on in quote unquote real world. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Me, I'm just a normal um, consumer now. So no need to follow me on any social medias. I'm not that cool. I'm not oh, trying God. to do wacky things. <laughs> I'm Scott, oh, you, were the, you were the fourth most recognizable person in your cast once upon a time. Yes. You know what? I'll take it. 2016 was good to me. <laughs> Uh, well you put in a spencer reed-esque effort here today so we all appreciate the incredible work scott yeah Thanks we're only for mrs scott flannery shirts that we're going to be wearing at the end of this yep, that'd be great i'm excited yeah. uh, no scott thank you thank you so much and this was a good counter programming to your amazing race partner brooke uh, appearing regularly with bryce mm-hmm. on the purple pants podcast to update the amazing race there you go. You're getting both sides of the coin. <laughs> yeah. So we've got it covered. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on with us. And of course, thanks to the patrons of Rob's Podcast who make all of this podcasting possible. For more information on everything we're doing, including uh, our first ever patron, Brant Steele, that Mike and I are working <laughs> on uh, this week, coming on Monday, head on over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.